Hey everybody, it's Jake and I am alone in the basement. I am back for my second interview tonight with Big Beef Gnarls Garvin. I love this dude. Like, I I, I just, every match I see of his, I, I fucking love. And I, I'm dropping fuck early in this one because I, I, I literally, this is a guy whose matches and whose work I can't recommend high enough. So I'm just going to cut talking now so I can do more talking with him. Stick to the ad or skip through. We'll be right back. All right, everybody, I'm back with Big Beef Gnarls Garvin. As I was saying in the intro, our intro, I'm so flustered. I fucking love you, man, as a wrestler, as everything. You, you're just one of those dudes. The moment I saw you, I was like, holy fucking shit, this dude's the man. And uh, I'm actually friends with O'Shea Edwards. And I was watching uh, a sup show. I think it was in, either still when it was Powerbomb or right when it switched to IWTV. And I immediately messaged him and I was like, who the fuck is Gnarls Garvin and why is he the fucking man? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I appreciate that. Uh, I, 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 try to, I try to be very intense. Uh, I like to get people's attention right off the bat. So uh, glad to know I did that with you. And that's, uh, you know, I, I, I always appreciate the kind of words, you know. I live for that. Yeah, I mean, it was literally, like, once I saw you, I was like, holy shit, this is, uh, I can't wait to see more of this guy. It's always good to uh, have something to be desired than <laughs> nothing to be desired for, so. Um, yeah, no, I just, uh, Edward, I'll, always, whenever I see that guy, I, I, I think, what in the, like, why is he still on the independence? That guy is, like, ah, he's just a man. So, yeah, shout out to Mr. O'Shea. He is the dude, and I, I agree with you. That is a guy who I don't think will be hanging out in the indies with us for, for a long time before he gets a call somewhere. He, he'll get the call, that's for sure. <laughs> that, there's, there's no doubt in my mind. All right, man, let's, uh, let's get right into this. Did you grow up a wrestling fan, or was there a specific moment or an angle or like a match that hooked you? No, my whole life I've I, it's it's been on in the house. Uh, growing up, uh, I moved from Indiana like at the age of birth to Kentucky to stay with my grandmother, and she was the kind of the grandma that would hold you in the lap and you know have you watching it alongside her. So ever since I can remember, I've been watching wrestling, been a fan of it. Uh, there's not much to do in a trailer park besides you know backyard wrestle and uh, things you shouldn't do. So since since a very young age, I've been completely obsessed with it. Uh, you just essentially described my life from about 1999 to 2007, eight, just just living in the trailer park and backyard. <laughs> it's, it's the only way to go, man. It's, it, when, I don't know. When you ain't got nothing else better to do, it's the best thing to do. <laughs> exactly. You, you the got, only thing to do. You got to pass the time and have fun. Uh, now, what did you watch growing up? Oh, I was, I I'm, I was born ninety five, so I really didn't. I caught like the ass end of WCW, so I was mostly watching WWF, WWE. Yeah, I didn't, I I didn't have like I had like some like Saturday morning wrestling from like Memphis. It would like get shown in because I'm, I'm from Louisville, so like we would catch those every now and again. But it was nothing like like I would not be as in, enthralled as I was with the WWE with that stuff. That was, like, more so, like, my granny's favorites and my dad's favorites growing up. You know, the guys that were still wrestling in the late to early, like, late 90s, early 2000s. So they were, like, superstar Bill Dundee people? 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, it was Jerry Lawler's TV he yep. had in, uh, in Memphis. So it was, yeah, guys like him. Like, I actually wrestled one of the guys uh, that was on it. His name's Tattoo. He's uh, one of Jerry Lawler's, like, protégés, like, guys that he actually really claims and, you know, gives the credit to for being a good wrestler. Uh, yeah, I got to wrestle him. So it was kind of, it was like, it was really, like, I won't say weird, but it was very, you know, I don't know the word. It, it, like, I wasn't starstruck, but I knew who he was when I wrestled him. So I was like, this is really, really weird. Like, <laughs> I, I, I watched you as, like, a young boy, and now I'm wrestling you. Yeah, that definitely has to be weird when you're a grown-up now wrestling a dude who's been a grown-up since you can remember. It's like, this This dude's my dad's age. He's going to whip my ass. <laughs> I bet that happens more than, than people think is going to when they start wrestling. So far, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've, met, I've met some... Uh, some of my heroes that you know were the exact opposite of how i thought they were going to be which is you know always great to see (laughs) oh yeah i can only imagine so when did you decide i'm going to be a pro wrestler well i really at the age 18 i I dove in head first i tried my hardest to get in schools all the surrounding areas but being from kentucky there's a sports commission so that's that is a pain in the ass to get involved with when you have no end to the business uh, I didn't have the money at the time to get trained, and that was the only way for me to do it. So uh, until the age of 20, I was just lifting, getting the best shape I could. Uh, I started training like a month after my 20th birthday, so I've been been doing it for five years. But, uh, yeah, I started when I was 20. What was it like during those first couple years when, when you were, like, you know, just, just literally trying to cut your teeth? I mean, it was hard. It was confusing, and I, I didn't have much direction. Uh, the first year and a half of my wrestling career was just mostly training and matches in Illinois uh, that weren't, you know, the best. They're matches, and I can't complain about that, but, like, I had nobody that was really teaching me how to, like, put on these matches or how to be myself and give myself to the crowd. So it was it was hard cutting my teeth at first, uh, and, you know, I had I had really no guidance over me. I, I got trained. I, I you know, I kind of got thrown to the wolves. So it was you know, learn on the job. So it was. It's definitely been you know, like a tough grind, and you know, it, it's not been easy, but it's been awesome. Uh, did you ever like find someone who like really looked out for you and helped you out? Yeah. Uh, well, kind of like. What got me that help got me, you know, got me on a roll was wrestling those shows in Illinois. I, uh, I ran across Mikey McFinnigan and um, the Big Mark Guglak on campus um, or Big Mustache on campus. All, <laughs> shout out to the God. But he uh, he noticed I had potential and I wasn't just, you know, I wasn't just wanting to wrestle only at that show. So he he, he saw that over time and he, he ribbed me a lot. I don't think he realized he was ribbed me but it's just who he is and i think we just kind of got acquainted over time and then he asked me to go on the road with him and then one week on the road with them turned into three we- three years on the road with the hooligans so for those guys uh for them and for the- roscoe's lisa that's kind of who really you know took to me and taught me the business all right uh where does the name big beef come from i need to know this story <laughs> well I'm at a music festival in 2017 uh, in Texas. It was Sound on Sound. Uh, had a really long night of partying, kind of. 
getting chased by cops, like <laughs> pooping, knocking tents down, just causing absolute like chaos. The next morning, we're going to set the ring up to get ready for the day of wrestling, and it just out of nowhere, just typhoon rains, like just like like you can't see a foot in front of you how hard it was raining. So we're all these wrestlers are underneath this tiny tiny gazebo. And I'm talking to Roscoe Eat Lisa. Uh, I mean, I'm talking to Zach from Roscoe Eat Lisa. Uh, Roscoe eats pizza. Roscoe eats Lisa. And because uh, <laughs> the, these guys have so much like personality and stuff, so much character, and, and I'm just, I'm just like, you know, not even a white me. I'm nothing. Like I'm just a. I'm wearing ankle boots and green trunks. Like I look like an idiot. I don't know anything about who I'm supposed to be. So I, I approached Zach and I'm like, hey, man, like, how do you all come up with all this shit? Like, how do you come up with all this, like, craziness? And, like, how do you all get people to, like, say it? And he's like, it's, it's easy. Like, you don't, you don't overcomplicate this. And he just looked at me and he said, you're big and you're beefy. You're big beef. And then that's just – it just started from there. Uh, how- I, just, I just started rolling with it. <laughs> how awesome is it, though, every time you come out now when people just start yelling beef? I'm so thankful because I don't have anything else cool for them to chant. So if it wasn't for that, I'd be pretty screwed right now. Uh, this might be one of the only things we have in common, but my nickname at work is Big Daddy Beefcake. So, nice, nice. So that's our, our little there's, connection. There's a little beef in all of us, you that's, know? That's, that's your next shirt. There's a little beef in all I'm, I'm working on it right now. <laughs> All right, now I I love the way you wrestle. Like the first time I saw you, I was like literally like holy shit. Like this guy's a throwback. And I was trying to like think, but what is he a throwback to? And then it hit. You wrestle very eerily close to the Gaijin from All Japan in like the 80s and the 90s. Are people like Harley Race, Stan Hansen, uh, you know, Bam Bam Gordy, are these people you look up to and have you used them as an influence? Yes, uh, that like um, those are three of the top five of my favorite wrestlers of all time. So that like that to me just made my heart glow. I appreciate the compliment. Uh, yeah, I I pattern myself at those guys because they you can't see through what they do. They uh, they there's no there's Gaga, <clears throat> but in a serious way. Like I am all for entertainment Gaga, but I like something that you can't see through. I like. Fast pace, hard hitting, you know, just competition, like matches that actually look like they're going to like that somebody wants to win. You know, I'm I'm all for that, and I like I just like that aggressive style. You know, it's just in your face, and it's I think it's the most real style of wrestling. Oh yeah, I mean, if you're trying to compare King's Road to anything else, I, I mean, you can't. And I mean, uh, like even Kenny Omega said, like people still to this day are trying to copy '90s All Japan. And like that's an issue. Some people you can see are literally trying to straight up copy it. But then there's there's wrestlers like you who you can see the influence and how that's molded you. But you're not copying. You're cutting your own path like from where they stopped. Yeah, and I that is that is like my favorite compliment to get is being a throwback because uh, I will say I like I'm never gonna like shit on the business or it be negative. But there is a lot of stuff that kind of makes me cringe it makes me not ashamed to be a wrestler but like why are you doing this and like i don't ever want to be that for anybody you know like i want i want i respect the sport and i, I really want to legitimize it as much as i can and 
to be to be called a throwback, like I said, is the greatest compliment because not a lot of people care to like keep that part of the sport relevant today. Oh, I get you, man. I mean, I'm probably going to sound like a broken record to the people who listen to my podcast, but I definitely feel like at, in certain promotions in certain places across the country, it's more of a focus on what kind of style can grab your eye and what kind of story, or um, um, instead of, you know, matches that tell the story. And, you know, just, just watching you, man, you, you can tell the story. You're big, you're fucking angry, uh, and you want to win the fucking match. <laughs> Yeah, that that that's that is big beef. Angry, focused, fucking batshit crazy. I feel like I could tell that story very easily. And, and that's another thing too, because some people I feel like you can get in your own head sometimes of of how you're trying to to tell the story. But it's like Stan Hansen that that shit was never lost in translation. Whether it was fucking you know AWA or Texas or all Japan. You watch a match, you figure out the story pretty fucking quick. Yeah, yeah, that and that—that's why Hanson's like my hero in wrestling because it's—it's it's like the term. It's like same shit, different night. You know, like it never changes for him. If this—the the story is survive. That's the story with the Hanson match. The <laughs> other guy has to just survive it, and there's there's no like there's no other way around it. Hanson's not going to back down to anybody. You're gonna. You're gonna have to survive, Hanson, and that's what like that is my goal in wrestling. Like that's the, that's the story I want to tell. Because like I really am frustrated. I have a lot of anger in my heart from like the way I was brought up and you know the things I've seen. So like if I can get that across in my matches, people will know who Beef really is. And you know I like I wrestle angry. I wrestle pissed because you know I want to be. I don't care about being the best technical wrestler or any of that. I just want to be like the you know. I want to be the best. Like, I want to be able to wrestle with the technical wrestlers and be beef. You know, I feel like that's how you become one of the best when you're yourself, but you can hang with anybody else. Oh, and dude, that literally translates so well. Cause I mean, when you watch you in four ways, uh, like for the iron spirit title and I mean, you shine the same. And then if you, you know, watch you in sup, it's the same. If you watch you, uh, what was the the Brandon Cutler match from Tank's uh, Scenic City show? Even though you're wrestling this dude who does crazy flips and you know and and is super athletic, you you still shine through as as beef. And I I remember watching that power bomb and just fucking cringing <laughs> because of like the snap. I'm sure Benjamin did too. <laughs> but it's like literally now it's like when when a power bomb is just almost a transitional move at this point and then you land one that fucking nasty it's like that's what's supposed to be it's not supposed to be okay you do it and then go into another move it's like fuck how did he not die <laughs> exactly I, everything i do in that ring is is done with meaning as, as little as it is from a punch to an elbow to grabbing somebody by the wrist and throw them across the ring, there's purpose behind it. I'm not going to waste any of my movement or anything like that. I'm, I'm too damn big, and I get too damn blown up too quick. <laughs> well, it, does, it doesn't look like it ever. I'll, I'll give you credit on that, man. You never look like you're really gassed at any point. I'm allergic asthmatic, man. The second I get out there and I, I get like I get all crazy, my I just my. I don't think about it, and I'll catch myself like three minutes in the match. I'm like, have I even took a breath yet? Like... <laughs> I, I, I'm like so damn like my legs are shaking. I'm like I, I don't know. I got I gotta get my wind up, and then everybody's like, "Man, you're a beast out there." I'm like, 
if you if I was I couldn't breathe in the lockup, I <laughs> shit. Which is crazy. All I do is eat, I just eat junk food all the time and drink and drink sodas. <laughs> Which is I, I go out there and I still do my thing. Yeah, and it's crazy because you're still so fucking athletic for a big dude who, you know, at, at first glance, people are going to look at you and think, oh, here's just some sloppy brawler. And then you throw one of the fucking best drop kicks a big man has ever fucking thrown. I appreciate that. I, that, that, shout, that shout out to Paul London. That's, that's the reason why I throw a drop kick. He has like... My favorite of all time, but I, I can't do it that good, so I, I just do it my own way. But I appreciate that. Yeah, like my whole life I've played sports and have always been deceptively athletic. What made you decide to start doing the splash from the top? Because that's also fucking crisp. Oh, uh, I mean, honestly, just trying to, you know, do have a finishing move I can do on anybody, you know, seal the deal. I think, I think if... If you could add some finesse with a lot of size, I think it just amounts to a badass move and something that is legit. And if the two hundred and seventy pound man slides to the sky onto your chest, you're gonna you're not gonna kick out of that. No, and, and that's what I love so much about it is that it's literally it's just a, a big splash. I mean, there's not like crazy flash in it, but it just fucking works so goddamn good. <laughs> I don't think I don't think anybody's ever kicked out of that splash. By the way, I don't think so. People put their knees up and fucking made me where I couldn't breathe. But I I don't think anybody's ever kicked out of the splash. Well, good. Hopefully, it stays that way forever. <laughs> now, uh, you come from this, you know, Midwest, Mid South indie boom. That is that is going nuts right now. Like last year, they produced some of the best indie shows in the country, and you've been there for a lot of it. You know, from SUP to Zero One USA. I mean, just all around, you're you're everywhere. Black Label. It's just it's it's crazy to see how how this has taken off. Can you explain like any of this scene from a firsthand account? Well, uh, it's a lot of you know a lot of the time. Uh, the Midwest is. In like the retrospect of all America, the Midwest is kind of passed over. It's it's not it's not like it has no or this is kind of like I have a quotation fingers going on, but it's it's there's nothing special about the Midwest. But I think within like the last five years, like we've like we've shown that the Midwest is like the blue collar part of the country that's like really hungry and really fucking ready to just go out there and prove themselves at like any cost, like. I think I think that mentality is really is what has brought the Midwest to prominence on the independence. Because now, when like about five ten years ago, the West Coast and like the East Coast were the place to be, but now we're here, basically damn near in the center of the country, and that's 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 where we're supposed. To, that's that's where the hotness is right now, and I, I take a lot of pride in that because I'm from. I am the Midwest. Yeah, man, and and literally, I I mean, if it was before 2019, I probably couldn't name you know, 10 Midwest indie guys or five or six promotions. And now I find myself being just, you know, okay, what's the schedule in IWTV? You know, what's what's next? Who's working what? Who's working who? I need to see this. I, I can't stop watching. Yeah, and that's exciting because, like, a lot of the guys that I started with, like, now they're, you know, like the AJ Grays and the War Horses and all those guys, like, they're, they're all, you know, like, they are – showing midwest is not just the midwest like 
we're we're gonna go everywhere. We're gonna go all over the country. We're gonna do like whatever we can to like you know promote that. And and a, like I will, AJ is he's a you know he's a Tennessee guy, but you know he's a big part of the mis, this Midwest boom as well. So I mean, just to see these guys you know coming to prominence, you know, getting their own WrestleMania shows and getting their own like spots is just awesome to me and it gives me hope because you know just like those guys i'm a very hard worker and i i want this more than anything dude if i like how do i put this uh, you're to me one of the most slept on indie guys it don't matter you know what part of the country where you are how people don't want you on all their shows fucking blows my mind like i don't know how drew hasn't called you to do discovery gauntlet because i feel like you'd fucking shine there and uh, you're a dude, I think, given a chance on a GCW show would just make everyone, you know, focus right on you. Yeah, I mean, I, I humbly and honestly feel the same way. I, I, I feel like I bring something different to the table. I, I, there's a lot of big guys that do what I do, but, like, I think that just... And the, I'm not trying to toot my own horn. I'm the, I'm the most humble, bumble, you know person there is but big beef is bringing something different and i like i do agree with you i think i should be on every show in america i i'm not i'm not by far the best wrestler but i'm i'm probably one of the toughest and i I think that i you know i know that i can prove that anywhere in the country dude man honestly i could see you working the the champions carnival this year for all japan and just the moment you show up just anyone who can remember the dudes from the 80s and 90s would love you you'd be an overnight sensation in japan <laughs> yeah i just gotta i just gotta find a way to get there man that uh, uh that is my that's my dream my goal in wrestling uh i'd love to you know start a family bring my you know bring my family to japan and like raise my family there it's it's just a whole different way of living there you know I, that 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 would be my dream uh, do you have any other like uh, like big dreams for for 2020? And I mean, hopefully, this uh, this pandemic's over. And if if it isn't 2021, oh well, yeah, like you said, if this if this doesn't end by this year, I mean, we're still very early into the year, but you never know how these things work. I'm I'm like I'm chomping at the bit just to you know, suplex something. I might go out there and rip a tree out the ground. Um. <laughs> uh, my, I guess my aspirations and my goals are just to continue to climb climb the ranks of these promotions that I'm on. Uh, I've been at St. Louis Anarchy for a year and a half now. I've not won a match there, but I've won the crowd. I, I, my goals is to finally pick up a first victory there at St. Louis Anarchy. My goals at Black Label are just to continue to climb, whether it be as a single or a tag. Now, I'm kind of in limbo. I'm, I'm, I'm projected to tag with Levi Everett. But uh, with this going on, I don't know how the plans are going to change. If I don't know what's going on, but all all the places I'm at, I have certain goals for those places, and I continue to just climb those ladders and you know prove that I am all that I say I am. I that that I can that I can go out there with just about anybody and steal the show. If Mikey doesn't give us you versus Eric Stevens now that he's not retiring, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> oh, so am I. I, that, I. Every single every single show I I campaign for that. That is that that is a guy that I want to wrestle. It would just it would just be so good, like undescribably good. Is just how I can think of it. And that's uh, yes, and that that would be a match that I would learn, like legitimately learn from, like sink my teeth into and learn from. I mean, how, how could you not? 
but but yeah, man, I just honestly, I I I know this is repetitive, but I literally anyone who is listening, just just fucking watch his matches. There's no reason why you shouldn't be blowing up everywhere right now. <laughs> I, and I don't know if it, if it's my life. Like I'm pretty active on social media. I'm 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 trying to do everything the right way. I, I I'm I'm just got, I'm just trying to carve my own way out right now. And until then, I'm just going to keep hustling. And when the time comes, I'll be on all these shows and I'll be ready. That's for sure. Yeah, man. I only hope one day that you you make your way more towards my middle of nowhere part of the country because I'd I'd lose my shit to be able to see you live. <laughs> Where, whereabouts are you? I'm uh, middle of nowhere, upstate New York. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've not quite made my way up there yet, but I would love to. I, I've, I've heard that it's it's quite quite fucking crazy. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Once you once you get a couple a few hours past the city, and there ain't really nothing to do. <laughs> you, you got nothing else but to be crazy. I know exactly how that goes, man. <laughs> uh, all right, man. Uh, We've been cruising along. I'm surprised how how quick this is going, but it's still been such a fucking great interview because you just you are you're, you're just such a real dude, and I fucking love it because sometimes there's not enough of that in wrestling. But is it cool if I ask you a series of rapid fire questions that have absolutely nothing to do with pro wrestling? Hell yes. All right. Let's uh, let's see this first one. Wah. If you were stranded in the middle of nowhere, what is the first thing you would desperately need? Straight in the middle of nowhere. Oh man, uh, probably toilet paper because I shit a lot. All right, and and right now that that's the thing that's that's running low, and uh, it's, yeah. it's not good. Or wet wipes. <laughs> what do you think of when I say the word fruit? Apples. Oh, I, I thought you might just say I don't eat it. I do not. I'm a, I'm a big boy myself. I do not eat any fucking fruit, and I'm sure that's one of the reasons I'm in poor health. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just that's a I, actually I should have said cocoa lime because I have some hand sanitizer for me. <laughs> but no apples is the first thing that comes to mind when we say fruit. All right, uh, how would you uh, describe uh, your computer knowledge with one word? Uh, non-applicable. That's two <laughs> words. I don't, yeah, I don't know how to work computers at all. All right, uh, this one's important to me: grape or strawberry jelly. Oh, strawberry jelly. Oh, man, I'm grape jelly gang. <laughs> oh, it, see, I, growing up, it was only grape jelly, but now that, like, <laughs> like I do my own thing, if, if I can, it's, it's strawberry jelly. You're not the first person to give that exact reason for it. I mean, for, I mean, if, if you're eating grape jelly for all these mm-hmm. years, you know, why not try something new? Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's how I found marmalade, and then I found my way back to jelly. <laughs> uh... Uh, what was the the last band you listened to? Blood for Blood, Outlaw Anthems. I just listened to about an hour ago. All right. And uh, the final question here, what is the creepiest basement you've ever been in and why? Creepiest basement I've ever been in. Oh, Lord. Uh, I will okay yeah the uh, the arena in Jeffersonville it's a it's a wrestling venue and the locker room is a basement but it smells of asbestos and like week old like dr- drunken piss <laughs> and <laughs> cigarettes and mold 
and Rusty Steel. Yeah, it's it's just it's so creepy, and I feel like they could film like a slaughterhouse movie down there. I get I get the creep sometimes going down there on my own. I'm I'm not I'm not really one to be like scared of that kind of stuff. I'm like if somebody's down here hiding, I would never know. <laughs> Is that also the locker room? Yeah, yeah, that's the locker room. Yeah, you're you're not the first person to give that as an answer either. I've heard that okay. place is genuinely terrifying. Yeah, man, it's 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 definitely it's like I said, a a, a horror movie could be filmed there. Oh uh, well, at least uh, you know the IWA Mid South guys don't have to be there for much longer with uh, them opening a new building. Well, good for them. <laughs> I'll still be there forever. <laughs> All right, everybody, this has been Big Beef Gnarls Garvin. I, I can't recommend this guy enough. And uh, if you ever do somehow get booked up out here, you're more than welcome to come hang out with me in my creepy basement and just watch fucking Stan Hansen murdering the four pillars for hours. <laughs> yes. Speaking of that, I was just like a week ago watching uh, Kobashi Hansen, I think 96, where Hansen before the belly rings just fucking clotheslines him in the eyeballs. <laughs> And we're—I was watching with my my girlfriend, and there's a part where Hanson body slams him on the guardrail, and all she could say was, "Oh my God, his legs!" And I, I was like, "What? Are you serious?" So I rewind it, and I show her that he gets dropped right on the top of his head after that body slam, and and yeah, I was just—I was just like, I was—I don't know if this is friendly, but I was just stoned out of my mind and watching that and just thinking like what a fucking jerk <laughs> but I, I loved every second of it. <laughs> it, it it's it's true though man like i don't know how those guys did it and survived as long as they did <laughs> i mean you saw what happened to i know like, i know it's like terrible to like talk like say stuff like that but like like this but like you saw, it happened to masala happened to gary albright you know, that style catches up to people very quickly. So as awesome as it is, it, it is, you know, like the head drops and like the the, the power bombs, how brutal they were. Like, I, I'm, I'm the one I'm going to say this stuff and I'm doing it every match. But like <laughs> that, that style catches up to people very quickly. And to see them survive Hanson is just like the like like we were talking about earlier. That's a story that I like to watch. Like the the fact to me that Kobashi can still walk, and that Kawada is you know still mobile enough to run his own ramen restaurant, like I don't know how these guys are fucking moving. Like Jun Akiyama, he's he's still wrestling full time basically. Yeah, in all Japan, I know so. it. It's, and Omori too. Those guys who had been there for so long, it's like how the fuck did are they still moving? And what was that? I forget who it was. It might have just been a friend of mine saying the other day, I bet you if Misawa was still alive, he'd still be fucking wrestling. Oh, no doubt. He yeah, he he was Japanese wrestling. He he was the ace for for years. He would still like I'm sure he would still be running things and still be in total control. Oh, yeah, man. And and I it's one of those things where while Misawa isn't my favorite wrestler, I can totally agree with everyone who thinks he was the greatest to ever do it. I agree. He like like you said, he's not my favorite, but I I will say everything he did is like with purpose and with no wasted motion and just absolute like completion. Like he never he never whiffed anybody. He always like he just a like one of the best performers of all time. That's yeah. Tiger Mask too and Masala. Oh yeah, just the the whole run. I'm a Kawada guy, so I, I've always oh, been, man. been kind of bitter. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's 
He's my favorite out of the pillars. Uh, I would no, well, Kobashi and Quarter are, like tied. And poor Tawei. I, I just like the oh, Tawei is awesome though. He's he was my, one of my favorite tag wrestlers in all Japan. Oh yeah, dude, and he doesn't get enough credit. Like all the time, I feel like when people like if you're just getting into all Japan, you look at me go, "Who the fuck's this guy?" I'm like, just wait, just you fucking wait. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm a big, I'm a huge Giant Baba fan, and he is, like, the, like, literally the, like, he is basically, like, Giant Baba. He moves just like him, kind of built like him, too. So, I, that's why I always, like, have, like, a, you know, a place in my heart for him. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, man. Baba and Jumbo, to me, are some of the, some of the absolute greats, and... I've just always loved Jumbo's or uh, Baba's running neckbreaker, and have no idea why not enough people use it today. It's, I mean, if if a if a man seven foot tall is jumping on you that way, it it could very well break your neck. It could. He did everything believable. There's there's nothing Baba didn't do that you know. I mean, people might laugh at at the chops, but I bet you with a dude's hands that fucking big, it hurt. You know that they had to make, like, his baseball glove when he played baseball was, like, he he could never get, like, the team gloves. He always had to, like, have special made gloves and shit. He, apparently his hands were, like, like, they were, like, bigger than Andre's. Oh, holy that's shit. That's just, like, old, yeah, that's just legend. But he, apparently he had, like, some, like, fucking freakishly long alien <laughs> fingers. I can see it now, you know, when you, like, look back at matches. But, yeah. Oh, all right. So well, that- I could talk all Japan all day, man. <laughs> who who couldn't? That's your homework, everybody. Watch Gnarls Garvin and watch '90s All Japan. <laughs> Hopefully, you like it. <laughs> if you don't, I don't want you listening to my show. <laughs> yeah, get the fuck out of here. All right, man. Thank you so much for being here. I I, I really appreciate this. You are the fucking man, and I I can't wait to see you back in the ring soon. Hopefully. Well, I appreciate the kind words. I can't wait to be back in the ring. I'm ready to kick some ass. All right, brother. Take it easy. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. All right, everybody. That was Big Beef Gnarls Garvin. Uh, As I was saying, uh, literally, find a way to watch him. You know, uh, the the first promo code I can think of for IWTV is, is beyond. They'll give you five free days. Watch that and just, just... it's, it's easy to find him from promotions, just SUP, Zero One USA, uh, Iron Spirit, uh, Scenic City Invitational. It's not hard to find this man and, and do everything you can to watch him because he's, he's going to blow up. The moment is going to come, he's going to get that one match that everyone's going to see and he's going to be off to the fucking races. Uh, so, as always, thank you guys for sticking through with me uh, and literally sticking through two podcasts today. Uh, my marathon run is, is almost over, uh, Tuesday is, is my last day. And then I sadly got to go back to work, but, uh, stick around and enjoy the rest. Tomorrow is Daniel Maccabe. And that's one that I've been looking forward to for a long time. This is an interview I've had set up for weeks. So I'm pumped. This is a guy I've, I've been watching since I was in high school and to finally see him start to get the recognition he deserves is, is, is huge. So, as always, uh, follow on Twitter, AITV Podcast. Look me up on Instagram, Alone in the Basement. Facebook, Alone in the Basement. And, uh, I mean, if there's any other social medias I should probably be on, please let me know. Uh, I'm trying to, 
to, to make this work enough so that I don't have to work. <laughs> As always, uh, shout out to my wife, Shelby. She is the greatest person in my life, and she deals with way too much bullshit than she has to. And I love all of you. See you guys tomorrow.